From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about gender discovery and self-acceptance. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Indigenous Afro-Latinx trans artist and activist Lex Perez. Hello, hey everyone. Thank you so much for having me on Transverse. It's wonderful to have you here. And just a quick note to everybody out there, special thanks go to you for filling in last minute. We had a cancellation and you're willing to come in and we always appreciate that. Yes, thank you. Thank you. All right, let's start with the easy one. First off, how do you identify? Um, so as, as we had so humbly spoken of, um, it's ebbing and flowing. Right now, um, I do identify as um, a man of trans experience and embracing two-spirit, embracing what it means to be all. Nice. And what are your preferred pronouns? So I use he, him, and king. Mm -hmm. And what does the king signify for you? Why is that part of your pronouns? Yeah, so I, I also want to just apologize real quick because I am in an Airbnb, so you may hear random people for a second. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> but the king, the king is really important and significant for me. It, not in a, you know, I feel like it can come off as like an ego thing, but really it's, it's an affirmation um, of people in my lineage, um, black people, indigenous people, an affirmation of royalty, of inheritance, of belongingness, of recognizing each other and our worth. Um, because mm -hmm. I feel like we have been in a world that has sort of like misconstrued this. Um, and so I feel it's important to address people um, with, with esteem, you know, mm -hmm. with love and care. And on that note, do you like to talk about your heritage? What, what about that is, is significant and important to you? Yeah, so um, I come from um, Dominican, Cuban, and Costa Rican lineages. And what that means is really mixed and all traced back to a lot of deep wonderful indigenous and, and African roots. And so I identify with that and I like to honor that. And and just also like um, accept and people as their whole selves and, and, and whatever divine is within them, regardless of lineage, yeah. Mm -hmm. Jumping into your story, I like to start with uh, my favorite question, the fun one. Yeah. How did you choose your name? Yeah, um, so this one is interesting. Um, I. Many people I find go on this really interesting journey and mine is really not super interesting in that way. <laughs> I was like, y'all get the point. Okay, I need y'all to get the point. So it was converted from my given name. Um, okay. And so I just like my middle name became Alexander. Uh, and then from that, um, I don't really care about sharing the name, but and then from that, I added Ray which is actually my, my mom's, um, her, her family's name is Reyes, which means wow. kings. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I put Rey, R-E-Y, in the middle, and it's a significance of, of paying homage to that, um, to that lineage and, and, and also an affirmation of king. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. When did you first realize you were trans and come to identify that? Yeah, so this is interesting because I, I feel I always want to bring up like my inner child and like that recognition before there was anything to gravitate to or mm -hmm. any proof necessarily, um, because I think it's so important to acknowledge and affirm those parts and iterations of ourselves. 
However, um, the, 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 the story that I got to share with you, um, the truth, um, was that I, um, I was like leaving from one household to another and I, um, was not very much accepted on my maternal side. Um, and so I went and I left my home at like, I think, uh, yeah, 15. Um, and I was going to Florida to be with my dad and my stepmom and that family. And so in the process of that, they have a really good uh, childhood friend who is a very much proud lesbian, you know, and, and I always, I always knew that she was community, but it was never spoken aloud necessarily. We always vibed. And so she um, became my chaperone to, to Florida. And so before um, I left, I actually, so it's so interesting going from all this rejection to all of this, all of a sudden acceptance and then like experiencing my first pride in New York City. Hmm. And like, I was 15, right? And we got into the club, you know, and I literally got in with, with her ID and, <laughs> you know, and it was amazing. And there was this moment where um that song bulletproof like this time baby i'll be right bulletproof and in that song through the flashing lights and all the dancing i caught a glimpse of um this person i, I can't say i identity but it's someone who was mass presenting and it looked like what seemed to be scars you know um or faded scars on their chest. And I had no idea what, you know, surgery, I knew that their things existed um, mm -hmm. because of like Jerry Springer as a child, <laughs> as mm -hmm. we spoke of, that was my first iteration, yeah. but that was my first time seeing someone dancing and being full and, and with people. And I didn't need any explanation. I, I saw that person and I knew exactly what that was and, and what was going on. And then after that, I couldn't get out of my mind. Like I nothing else mattered to me. Um, I actually had gotten a blaring headache um, because because I was so in my thought of like, what 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 could this mean? You know, like there's some, there's, I, I, I don't have any evidence, but I know that that's, that person is someone like me, right? Um, and so that was my first time kind of like sitting in the fullness of, of whatever transness could be. Yeah. That makes sense. You finally see something reflected back to you that is something that resonates and, and it's like, oh, these things are possible, right? Yeah. And the fact that it was just such a, it was a celebratory moment, you know, yeah. like I was so used to uh, the media projecting this warped, um, image of, of transness and like that were like freaks and like you know like ace ventura and all this stuff um you know you know the the the, the 90s were tough <laughs> for, for you know and so i as a child i watched a lot of that stuff and um and and so having that moment of seeing someone in community was an affirmation and just sort of like hey like it doesn't have to be like that mm -hmm. you know yeah. So then now you've got this example, finally, a positive example. And, you know, mm. basically I, I get what, what you're seeing there is you're seeing yeah. somebody that's out and open. He's shirtless. He's having a good time. He seems to be accepted in this community. Yeah. How did you then take that and apply that to you and come to terms and accept yourself that this is a, a possibility for you? 
Yeah. Um, so it took a minute. It took a minute. Um, I was someone who I needed to gravitate to some sort of truth um, because I had gone through a lot of violence and trauma as a child. And I really wanted to make sure that this transition was mine and not a reflection or iteration of, of what I had experienced because it was so important to me to resonate with this truth and it be mine, you know, and, and, and unique outside of um, any pain. Um, and so I took a, a, a very unique route, which a, a lot of people would like dread the idea of a therapist or, or whatever. I think we're, the, the times are changing, but um, I, um, I decided to seek out, you know, a person, a man of trans experience who was also a, a therapist. Um, and he really, he really just um, affirmed me um, and allowed room for me to have conversations with like what my child was, like what, what, who I was, mm -hmm. right? Um, and how like I didn't outwardly talk about being trans, but that there were moments and like gestures and songs and the way I sang it that were an affirmation of who I was. Um, yeah. And at that time, did you have any kind of role model or confidant other than the, the family friend? Were you still in touch with her? Or was there somebody else that you were looking to as you were seeing this therapist? Yeah, yeah. So, so she was really like someone that helped me go from one place to the next. Um, but in community, like I was so young, like I, I don't even know, I, I wanna say like 13 or, or something when there was Yahoo groups you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and Yahoo groups, they had like messen messengers for this is dated. So y'all, you know, this is how we was doing it. Okay. Feel bad for us. No, I'm just playing. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, you know, I mean, there were, we, we've been here in history, so I'm sure we were selling telegrams and all that shit. Uh, but you know, smoke single signals and all that, but, uh, this was Yahoo groups. And so we had like a very coded group. Um, and it was for uh, uh, men of trans experience, black men of trans experience. And I remember that was also a lot because, um, you know, I was coming into my identity as far as like my roots and my lineage. And I was like, oh my goodness, because I'm, I'm, I'm a lighter tone. Like, what if, you know, they don't accept me? So being, hmm. being finally accepted into this group was like an affirmation on all levels, you know? And mm -hmm. immediately I had cousins, I had, you know, brothers, I had, you know, uncles, I had fathers, you know? Um, and these people are still people that I confide in today, you know, and it's gonna be, you know, over a decade, um, yeah. That's wonderful that you're able to find yeah. uh, acceptance mm -hmm. at all levels of your identity in one place. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And, and it was a lot of growth, you know, because even in our communities, um, there's been, you know, ebbs and flows, tension and release of like what identity can look like, what masculinity can look like. And so I, I'm, I'm like really proud to say that like we've evolved a lot from understanding masculinity or whatever we think men to be to show up a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, and that that is fluid, like like many things. Well, and that's what I liked, I think, best about our pre-interview yesterday was that yeah. you have 
figured a way to take your identity and make it yours like you know mm -hmm. not falling into any specific strict definitions you found a way to make your identity your own yeah um and 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 it's i feel so important to say that this has come from a lot of deep-seated shame you know like that that this wasn't an overnight that this has been chipping away at a performance at a, a, a at how i perform masculinity to protect who was inside mm -hmm. um which was all valid because you know sometimes we survive until we thrive until we can live right and and so now that i'm living and i'm present you know i'm feeling grounded i i realized that i needed to do that i needed to feel these levels of affirmation to then to then be able to flip the script you know regardless yeah. if i medically transitioned or not you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then uh, let's move to the next step. Um, how did you come out to the people around you, your family? Yeah. Like that? What was your process? There? <laughs> yeah. So like with, with, with friends, it was different. Like I, it, it was interesting because I had a lot of um, uh, cis women. Um, I didn't know what to call them cis then, but mm -hmm. that were respectful friends that were like, were like, oh, that makes sense. Um, but then when it, when it came to my family, I, I, I have to say I was like a, a little indignant, um, but a little also just very proud of w what was happening. And so I felt the need to protect. And so like, I was like, I think, <laughs> I think I came close to a year. No, no, no. It was like a few months. It was a few months on team. Um, like three, three months and my voice had dropped and I couldn't hide it anymore. Um, and so I was like, oh, I got to say something, right? Because I didn't feel like I needed to, to owe anyone any explanations. And so I invited all these pertinent family members to, um, a, a Facebook message message and I, I came out to them there and I was like, hey, this is what it is. This is who I am. You know, I don't know talk amongst yourselves and then I left the message <laughs> and you know hindsight 2020 I feel like I'm very proud of my younger self for having so much respect for what was in the process what was in the making you know mm -hmm. um and looking forward to that and 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 um and that growth uh and and so yeah, I left. I left the chat, and um, you know, people hit me up afterwards. Was like, um, so, you know, like we may need a little bit more than that. And I was like, mm, I, I just felt like, right, I'm still up for edit, right? Like I, I'm mm -hmm. still defining who that is. You know, the book hasn't even been published yet, and you're asking me for for a hard copy, and there, and that doesn't exist. And it's not fair because it doesn't exist in general, you know, not just for trans people, but for all people, we're all transitioning and evolving. And so I feel like it wasn't fair to have to uh, be so uh, uh, fixed in my mm -hmm. identity or who I was um, because I felt like I, I couldn't claim anything just yet. Um, it's still evolving. So yeah. uh so yeah, that was my that was my way, and 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 I'm thankful for how I did it then, mm -hmm. um, and now, 
Yeah. I think that's just such a, an important point. And it's kind of surprising that we, I don't, I feel like we haven't really gotten to something like that yet in this show yeah. is, you know, you're still so much of a work in progress at that point and sitting down and trying oh to have God, these yeah. deep conversations, yeah. trying to define yourself to these other people and explain it when you don't know yourself just puts your, it puts you in a really tough position. So I appreciate yeah. that, that sentiment. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you. I appreciate it. What were the other aspects where you, you needed to come out? Were you, uh, were you working at that time? Was there another couple of conversations you needed to have? Oh yeah, it was wild because um I was in Florida, so um it 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 really played a role and an impact on like employment. Mm -hmm. I remember um when I first started medically, I was in um when I first started, I was in uh, Macy's Credit Customer Service. And mm -hmm. so I was answering the phones and so my voice began to drop and, you know, they were like, what's going on, right? Like, a, I needed to have a high voice, I guess, to perform customer service. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was wild um, because I, I wasn't going to do that. And I remember having a few people on the phone, like I remember there was this lady and she was such a joy. Cause she had a really deep voice and she was like, Oh wow. She's like, you're, you're, a, you know, you're a guy and you sound like a girl and I'm a woman and I sound like a man. And that was something that I was like, see, they get it. <laughs> they get it. We're different. But, mm -hmm. um, but long story short, I was laid off of that job and it, it was a temp job. I had the opportunity to um, stay on and I did an amazing job. And what was told to me is that, I didn't want to know why I was being laid off. And that's something that happened a lot in Florida in, with those jobs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what was the resolution of that? Were, were you able to find employment after that and find it while also clinging, you yeah. know, expressing your true identity? Yeah. Um, it was, it was difficult because I felt like there was a lot of compromise, you know, like my mom would, would say things like, why can't you just be Ellen DeGeneres? And I'm like, that's not how that works. You know, like, um, I, I can't just be somebody to be palatable, you know, to be, to, to, to exist. Right. Um, and so I did a lot of odd jobs. Um, I did like inventory, you know, it, it seemed like I was often put in the back or put in the stock room. Wow. Um, and that was difficult, I guess, to come to the realization as to why, mm -hmm. because the roles that I applied for were not those roles, but I, but that's where I wound up. Wow. Um, so that was difficult. And I also worked like at Home Depot for a stint, um, in, uh, Tampa, Florida and, uh, the HR guy, told me not to use the restroom um, because he didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable with me. So he told me to hold it and to not use it. And then I spoke to the store manager because I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and she said, that's not at all what we stand for. Um, and I remember that. She said, that's not at all what we stand for. You use what makes you feel comfortable. And that was something that was amazing that I didn't, I didn't know, right? And a I'm lot of like- yeah. Yeah, and and a lot of that was like having no idea what an advocate was necessarily, but but knowing that it felt like a volcano in my stomach, and I had to like just stand up for myself. Um, 
because I didn't want also a young person to come in and, and have to deal with that. And like, you know, I'm strong. And a lot of like my advocacy has been like, you know, I'm, I, I may be strong enough to handle this, but maybe somebody maybe are not strong enough, but you know, like I may, I may be able to do this right now, but somebody else, they may, this may take them out. Right. Yeah. And that's like, I've, I've held space for that and understanding that, you know, like we, it's just beautiful, that part of community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's wonderful that yeah. at the right time, you're able to find that advocate and yeah, fi find that strength in yourself. And then now yeah. you're able to pass that on to others. Like you said, that may not have that inherently or may not have the yeah. surrounding, the support around them to be able to do that. Yeah. Now you said that you were in a sort of a split, a split family at that point. Um, mm -hmm. How was how was the level of, of acceptance there, and was the, the the family acceptance from the the, the previous location? Did that matter mm -hmm. to you? Did that affect you? Yeah, it was. It 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 interrupted my ability to receive myself fully and understand that I was accepted in ways that I didn't I didn't know in other parts of my family. You know, so like I had my stepmother and her family. I had my dad and his family, I have my, you know, uh, my, my biological mother and her family, and then all the families attached to those. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and my maternal side um, just was not really there. But the interesting thing was, is that now I think about like my relationship with, with my abuela, and she had always been really supportive. You know, I, I shared with you that, um, you know, I was like eight years old and she took me to an old Navy. Um, and she said, you know, no me importa de donde, um, you know, I don't care from where. Si, si la ropa viene de los niños or de las niñas, if it's girls or boys, I just want you to be comfortable, you know, pick mm. whatever clothes you feel, you know. Um, and so naturally I picked, you know, boy clothes and she saw me you know, smiling and she was just happy and I, and I didn't understand. I was just happy, you know? Um, and now when I look back on that, I realized that was her way of like, you know, like testing, like, oh, you know, like, is this part of who you are? Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And later on, I, I told you, of the, you know, another uh, truth was where, you know, I was like an adolescence, I think 14 or 13. Um, and I, I was, I was taking time away from my mom's household again. And, um, and she, we were both like night owls and I wasn't sleeping. And so she came into my room and sat at the foot of the bed and she looked at me and she's like, you know, te quise, te quiero y siempre te va a querer. You know, like I've wanted you, I want you and I'll always want you. I'll always love you, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, and she still says that, like, I call her sometimes and that's like how she answers the phone, you know? And I, if I did not dare to dare on that love and reach out to her, if I would have listened to people telling me that her heart wasn't strong enough to deal with me, like I would have not had that connection, but because I follow my intuition, I've been able to have that. And for her to tell me, you know, lo que tú eres es eterno, what you are is eternity, what you are, you know, for her to say something like that um, has changed so much in my life. And, and I just feel like sharing that all the time because I think it's important for us to know. And that like, you know, my grandmother is not just my grandmother, but through that experience, I'm able to hold and be a container 
for other people in our community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned community. Now you're back up in New York, having mm-hmm. gone through those struggles in Florida. Um, how yeah. did you how did you choose and make that decision? And you know what led you back up to New York? Yeah, so that's a that's interesting, right? Um, so I had gone through bouts of mental health issues because of the trauma that I had faced. And so I had realized that like, though I, I love my dad and my stepmom, that um, I was allowing myself to be coddled because I had never I had never experienced freedom in the way that I had experienced it. So I didn't really know the levels. And so because I didn't necessarily have like, you know, very, like, I, I don't consider myself someone, I've been parented by many people, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I've experienced parenting, you know? Um, I've been guided and there's things that I've received, but there's been a lot of mixed messages that I've had to decipher on my own, you know, or with myself. Um, and and so with that, um, I hold space uh, for the, the fact that, you know, like, it, it, it's it's just a growing it's a growing thing um yeah when you came out and you know started to find yourself were there people around you that supported you that that surprised you some support that you weren't expecting um yeah yeah there's there's been like random people you know like even just like religious people that were like you know either like you know a a, a lover at the time their parents or whatever that they got to know me, you know, like I remember dating uh, this girl and her, her mom was very religious, but after like just spending time with me and seeing like how her, her like the baby was, babies have always loved me. And so mm-hmm. like how the baby was with me, she was like, oh, my daughter needs to marry you, you know? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know about that. But, but you know, it was, it was, it, and, and I, parents have always, like I've, I've always um, gravitated to, to, to older um, individuals in general, but um, I've always had this rapport with children and, and parents and stuff and, and animals. So it's so interesting that I feel like people don't know. And I think ignorance is, is from fear, mm-hmm. you know, um, and often leads to anger. However, if you can trust yourself and love yourself at your highest, I, it, 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 can, it can aid to how uh, and model how somebody can love and regard you, mm-hmm. and I and and I feel that that has been uh, definitely replayed in the relationships that I've had with people because I have cis friends, cis guy friends, I have cis girlfriends, I have all kinds of agender, non-gender, bi-gender, you know, like all kinds of people in my life, and I think the common thread is just love and respect and um, not wanting to change. Uh, uh, someone mm-hmm. um, and coming back to that, recentering that reality. Yeah, I think it comes from, you know, a, a, an empathy for other people, you know, yes. an ability to, yeah. to kind of understand, to to understand maybe the, if you don't understand where they're coming from, that you know that it's, it's from a, a real place and honoring yeah. that. Yeah. And that we all just are, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So kind of an ethereal question, a, a different, difficult mm. one to wrap your brain around sometimes. Yeah. What does transition look like for you? You've mentioned testosterone and some yeah. surgeries and things like that, but just mm-hmm. in general, what, is the, what does transition look like for you? Yeah, um, 
I, you know, it's interesting. Uh, it's shifted over time. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, physically transitioning was so important. And I like went two months in and doing the whole video clip thing. And it's totally valid. I understand why it's valid. But I had to put a pause on that because I, I realized that I was having a lot of expectation um, as to how my body should show up. And I started embracing impermanence. You know, I even shaved my head and was like, I need to understand that this is temporary. And, and if I can't love myself now, then how will I love what I'm creating? You know, um, mm-hmm. and and that creation, and I shared this with you, is like, I feel trans people are miraculous in that way because we fight for what is not tangible, what we cannot see. And I and I feel like, is that not godly, right? Is that not like an iteration of, of God-likeness? Um, and so over the years, uh, physically transitioning has not been the most important, but it was crucial at a point in time. And so like, I've, um, I've had like the double mastectomy and like, I, I take tea and I'm also like really big into herbs and, um, and, um, I'm thinking about like also just taking natural supplements. Um, and weaning myself, I've been, been in the process of weaning myself off of um, testosterone, which, you know, who knows? I just feel like it's individual. And mm-hmm. um, and I feel like the social part of my transitioning has been super important and critical um, to, 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 yeah, to facilitating how I've been able to interact with the, the physical transition. So... Um, at this point in time, like I do not feel the need to have any um, other surgeries. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, like if science is like, you know, poof, I can do this. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's, it, you know, honestly, cause you know what I, I'm very much in the present and, and living life in this moment. And um, I think it's really important for folks to go get your surge if you can, if you need, right? If, if you need, um, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way, but for me coming from the eye um, at this point in time, I don't feel the need to do anything else um, because I'm at peace, you know, and I don't want to take any more time away from from all that is right now. So mm-hmm. when I love I want to go back to that point that you mm-hmm. made that is is another really important one that what we're striving for in being trans in re-identifying mm-hmm. ourselves is something that's intangible and something that we, you know, mm-hmm. again, going back to that com- initial conversation, we don't yeah. know what it's going to be. We don't know what it's going to turn out to be like. And mm. there's, I like the tie-in that you make to religion where it's, mm. or or godliness, sorry, not religion, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. like a connection to God yeah. because it's yeah. such a leap of faith where yeah. you, <laughs> you have to start yeah. your journey not having any idea of the end you've got yeah. no clue and so there's a lot of faith that that's tied into that such a, a it's great point the intangible right mm-hmm. it's the intangible and i i've recently used this analogy and i like it so i'm gonna use it again um is like when you put a seed into soil it's always dark it's always dark and you water it and you don't necessarily know, but you can feel something growing mm-hmm. when you're doing it, you know? And so I feel us in that, you know, mm-hmm. I feel transness in nature in that way that it's often dark, 
and you don't really know what's happening, mm -hmm. you know, until something comes to the surface and you're like, oh, what is that? You know, you, you might be overly critical, you might be whatever, but it's something, it's creation. And I think that's really beautiful in the way that I'm, I'm, I'm being able to receive this now, mm -hmm. um, that if I could like reach into my younger self, which I've been doing this through this inner child work, oh Lord. But um, but <laughs> if I could reach back, you know, to that physical, right, form of myself and just be like, you are okay, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> right, like, mwah, you're okay, put your back down. Um, that I would be doing that. That would be definitely doing that. Like, just calm down, you all right, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. You're gonna have a beard one day. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna work out for um, you. It's all good. Yeah. Well, I, I love that additional analogy that you dropped in there of um, the seed, <laughs> and then you pour the water in it. And I was thinking, yeah, it's it's pretty dark and and damp. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just, drowning. I think yeah, I'm drowning. Exactly. You know, but the sun is gonna come out, and mm -hmm. it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna come together. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, you're gonna find it that 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 true you is gonna poke out of that surface and uh -huh. find the sunlight. That's a yeah. This is just a, a, a mm. solid metaphor factory tonight. I love this. Yes, thank you. <laughs> There's the poet. <laughs> so what were some of the key fears that you've run up against in your transition and how have you overcome those? Oh, yes. The fear of being in the middle. That, that thing of like being indiscernible, right? Mm -hmm. Like with my, my gender presentation because... I realized I had centered assistness or like the binary. And um, I'll, I'll use another thing that I say is the binary is built to break. The binary has been, I don't know if I could say this, pimped for pimping's sake, right? Uh -huh. So the binary, so the binary, for example, has been so commodified that um, you kind of lose the fact that everyone is performing gender to some extent. Right. And we've learned this through cis people. Right. Um, and so in, in many ways, there is a beauty in femininity and masculinity and the iterations of these things and all. And then it's also like you just are. You just is. And that's it. Right. Um, and so I've been embracing that mm -hmm. that more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, the problem with that is, yeah, is it's. Is it's commoditized you know there's there it, yeah. it splits out and becomes here's the ideal you know there it's it's not beautiful to be a man or a woman it's beautiful to be a specific type and here are yes. the things that you need to buy Glorify. in order to be that yes and you see it in all the commercials you see it it's it's like built to make you feel bad you know i don't watch cable tv but whenever i watch it i just my mouth is all the way open because I'm just like, this is what people watch. I'm like, why do you watch this to literally feel like crap about yourself, you know? Um, and I realized that it's it's not us. Like, there is the, an obsession of what the perfect this and the perfect that. And guess what? None of it is perfect, right? It's whatever you perceive perfection to be. Mm -hmm. And that's really, uh, you know, my biggest takeaway is like, our perception is our own, you know, and um, and so like decentering that idea of like needing to show up as a man or as a this or as a that um, to be valid. That's what was terrifying for me is like, oh, my goodness, I'm terrified of like, right, like this 
person coming down and being like, your gender is invalid, right? Mm -hmm. And actually that happened many times in different ways. And guess what? It it didn't matter because I'm still me. You know me? Um, um, and, and, you know, when it comes to safety, sometimes I had to tell myself that my life is worth more than my pride. And that's a tough, that's a tough break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So looking again, kind of stepping back a little bit from it, how far mm-hmm. along in your process would you say you are? I don't think I'm anywhere and like I'm everywhere and nowhere at this. <laughs> I mean, like, I know this is like not really a, a, a stern, I guess, answer, but I feel like I'm where I need to be right now, mm-hmm. you know, and if that changes or ebbs and flows in the future, like I'm cool with it, you know, um, and I'm cool if it doesn't. So like I'm, I'm there and I'm really excited about that um, because I feel like there's so much room for my brain to do other things. Um, that it's like, I, I got to tell myself to take naps. Like we were talking about earlier, I'm very mm-hmm. proud to be taking naps these days. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do in your life to find validity in your identity these days? Um, mm, validity. Oh my goodness. My community, the community, um, being in nature, um, spoken word, music, um healing through meditation and um doing policy work you know all these things that are just different ways for me for self-love and community love um that's where i i I find my 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 sacred space Mm -hmm. that's beautiful it's it's external for you and helping others that's how Mm -hmm. you show up that's wonderful yeah how do you feel transitioning has affected your mental health Ooh, um, okay, for a minute, for a minute, it was like, oh, Lord, what's, we don't know. <laughs> We're doing something, right? Something's happening. It's alive. It's alive. I went through that. <laughs> I went through that. And now, um, yeah, like, it, it, it's just sort of, I'm here, you mm-hmm. know, like, I'm, I'm grounded. I'm feeling my body for a long time. I don't know if I was here. I don't know if I was feeling things. And yeah. I think that transition, uh, no, I know that transition, physical, social, spiritual, however you want to say it, um, has gifted me the presence of, of being alive. I don't feel that I was alive before I stepped into my truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now that you've got to this level, are there things that uh-huh. still trip you up? Do you find yourself dysfunctional uh-huh. at times? Oh yeah, all the time. This mask thing, like in the beginning, you know, I have pretty eyes and that's just is what it is. You can have pretty eyes, whoever the hell you are, you know? Um, but, but you know, wearing masks in New York, like I've had like the guys on the street, like, you know, like, ma'am. And I'm like, I don't got money for you. You know, like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, brother, you know? And it's, and it's, and it trips me up because I'm like, did I really care? No, no. I just was sassy because <laughs> this random person just decided because I had pretty eyes, they could assess my whole gender. And, and thus the whole thing is also reminding myself that everybody goes through that. That even as a person of trans experience, I misgender cis people and other people sometimes, not on purpose, because mm-hmm. sometimes it is what it is. And, y- you know, you make a mistake. Um, and you hope not to, but you know, it happens. And so there's room for that too, that I'm just like, we ain't the end all be all y'all. Okay. We don't have to take that all on. We are all understanding what the hell, 
you know, each other is. Yeah. Um, Another great I mean, point. Yeah. What are some of the biggest hurdles you've had in your transition and how have you managed to overcome those? Yeah, fear. Fear, mm -hmm. fear. Before I felt like I, I could see only maybe four inches in front of my face mm -hmm. in that radius. And now it's like I got 360 and it's panoramic up in this piece. You know, like I, I see everything. I'm feeling it all. The colors are brighter. The smells are more pungent, you know. Um, but I feel like I've, I have my senses, you know. Um, I feel like I, I, I've been able to live um, and not just survive, uh, which survival is, is always a part of it um, in this experience. And I, and I don't want to... Um, uh, water that down but uh, it's something to be said about just being able to be in a room and uh not try to not trying to wish myself out of existence mm -hmm. um because i did a lot of that uh until it just i, I was like i can't do this anymore mm -hmm. mm. so what is your what if you had to pick one thing what would you say is your favorite part of your journey oh us <laughs> us um community my chosen family um being able to be present being able to see my life as a miracle that this didn't happen to me it happened for me um to understand that i am i am a bridge and an island and um and that i you know that everybody is welcome you know um and that uh, as as long as there's respect, you know, like I love how people say, yeah, you could call me whatever as long as it's respectful, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's what I'm feeling these days is that like, you know, I'm chill, like, um, and 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 I find that even just the cis people or those that are not trans, um, that they even can can vibrate in their truth by seeing us just be all that we are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a give and take. Another amazing sentiment. This didn't happen to me. It happened for me. Mm -hmm. Just a, a beautiful thing to think about your transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful note to leave the, the main part of, of the set mm. of questions here. And, and as we wrap it up, the big one that we like to ask everybody, what advice do you have for young or closeted trans and non-binary people out there? I would say some words of encouragement, not advice. But some words of encouragement, I would say, give yourself room, you know, imagine yourself as that seed and that all the energy, all the life, all the creativity, all that you could ever imagine is already there. It's already inside of that seed and all the nourishment is already up inside of that seed. Mm -hmm. Now, the soil you choose to plant yourself in, all right, the sun that you choose to receive how many times you choose to water yourself, who you let water you, that is totally up to you and you have autonomy no matter what situation you're in. Know that how you choose to love yourself in your mind and your sacred space is the most important and no one can take that away from you, even if you have to fake it until you make it for right now. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from the Transverse Network. Watch the full video version of this show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash the transverse and be sure to catch our slate of other great shows there as well. Also, go show some love to our guest, Lex, with a follow on his Instagram account at LexLyrics. 
If you love what we're doing and want to support The Transverse, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash thetransverse.